Some, some time ago, probably many years ago, I first watched a movie. Meaning the first time that I had watched this particular movie, it's called Serenity, I believe. And there was a TV show that was based on called Firefly. Science fiction film, outer space sort, with uh, bounty hunters and scavengers and things like that. And I remember they went to a planet, <clears throat> and all of the inhabitants of the planet looked like they had just stopped doing everything they were doing right on the spot and just very suddenly but peacefully and painlessly just died. They just, they simply ceased to live uh, without pain. Or so at least it appeared like that. And what they had found is that, uh, and, and the planet was taken off the grid or something like that, or, or at least hidden from records. Um, and it was actually part, a deep part of the plot because there was a girl in the movie and um, for some reason the word Miranda would set her off and it turned out that that was the name of the planet. So spoilers, major, major spoilers if you haven't seen the movie, but it's very important <clears throat> For me to make the point that I'm going to make, or the reason that inspired this story, or something triggered it. But uh, spoiler is a key factor, at least for me getting the point across. Because I'm a very simple person, and so it is very necessary for me to stand upon the shoulder shoulders of giants in order for me to see further than I would if I hadn't. So I need to borrow and paraphrase in order to explain ideas that I agree with and be, and because I agree, I agree with them because they work for me. So I like to use other people's stories and words uh, and, and definitions often as references. It's very important, <clears throat> especially when the ideas that I'm talking about are already working for me for various things that I do. And so these people on this planet, Miranda, that these bounty hunters went to go visit and they found everyone had suddenly died <coughs> peacefully. They uh, had done some research. Anyway, it turns out that, that there was a drug being pumped into the, the atmosphere and it was called G23 Paxilon Hydrochlorate. And... Being the geek that I am, I had spent the previous years sifting through various books, one of which was the Physician's Desk Reference, the, and it's the, known as the PDR, and, and some people call it the, the Physician's Billing Bible. It basically has all the drugs and the dosages and their manufacturers, all the details and uh, 
drug drug interactions, adverse reactions, like everything. I mean, it's a huge book that really, ha- you know, it's got paper thin pages. It's it's an enormous reference uh, uh, reference book. So anyway, uh, when I heard this Paxilon hydrochlorate, it really, first of all, stuck out that uh, right away it was Paxil. There's a drug called Paxil. And so Paxil is a real drug. It's an antidepressant in the class of what is known as selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or SSRIs. And so that was the first thing. But of course, having being, you know, having read the physician's desk reference and looking at the generic name, it's known as paroxetine hydrochloride. And so that also stuck out to me. That, you know, that in the movie they called it Paxilon hydrochlorate, but in reality it's a hydrochloride, a paroxetine hydrochloride. And so having read that before, it right away stuck out to me that in some way this movie, whether it was intentional or not, was making a very deep <clears throat> comment on society specifically dealing with uh, pharmaceutical companies. At least that's what stuck out to me because I I had known that it was an antidepressant. And at the time I was studying antidepressants and other psychotropic medications, specifically the the neurotropics and the the neuroleptics um, or the broader class of what, what are known as psychopharmacologics. Uh, for psychopharmacology, which is which are the tools of psychiatrists, and so you know, and, and then there's a lot, there's a lot of you know controversy in psychiatry as well. So you know, controversy and conspiracies and and science fiction and all those kind of things are things that help me to continue to be inspired to study and want to learn more. So there's one, but you know what. One of the interesting things is that you've done this very often in life and you've learned things from your environment or from other things that you've had to focus on, uh, not by force, but because you're very interested in something. And so you focused and concentrated and gave your full attention to something like you're giving now to what I'm saying so that you could get to understand the subject more. Personally, when I am watching movies or listening to podcasts or browsing the web, I'm constantly vigilant and on the lookout to learn something that's going to blow my mind, that's really going to impress me. I I really want to learn something new and exciting. And so every time I consume anything, I'm looking for that opportunity to find some greater understanding of something. And I'm never disappointed because I have that perspective. I've, and that's one of the things that happened in that in that film. I was looking for what am I going to learn? Or somebody saying something, and because of what I was 
at the at that time researching and looking at myself i recognized the name of a drug and i also then formed a conclusion in my mind of what this movie was trying to tell in that part of the story at least whether it was intentional or not but that's what the message came across that's how i interpreted it and that's just an interesting perspective but the main point is that with everything that we do no matter what we can be vigilant and it's just actually very interesting and exciting to be on the lookout for all kinds of different things that you can learn it's an it's a very simple way to learn things one of the things that i've often done is keep a notebook with me and write down terms or words or things that i hear to look up immediately after or at some later time when my mind is free to do so and i'm again once again always always delighted by what i find and it could be even just you know something that i may not be uh passionately interested in but that i will consume because someone else is enjoying something or and i happen to be in their company or you know i'm on a work site somewhere like at, like you know doing protection services and you know there may be some different types of media playing and so i might see football or a basketball game or something again that i'm not really eager to to go out i don't go volunteering to to seek out those things but i also don't turn away from it i look and i i observe and watch the movements and and get to understand as much as i possibly can and just just learn and looking at everything and taking everything in and that's including uh who else might be watching whatever is on the screen i'm also interested in, in just obser- observation in general um but that's i i'm not sure i mean as long as i can remember i've been like that but but i know that it's also a trainable trait and i also know that it hasn't always been as productive for me as it is now because i just didn't direct myself in that way i didn't i wasn't disciplined in that way i i directed my discipline <clears throat> into practicing most of the things i i did were physical expressions um whether it be writing or or being athletic and, and involved in sports or or music as well those type of expressions but without the the bigger picture and longer term foresight of how to organize all that i was practicing and doing into you know more coherent chunks that could be consumed and devoured by others and even uh revisited by myself to practice certain things and build certain skills but let's not bore ourselves with that kind of thing it's it's just all about we were just talking about uh, uh not being bored so it may not be boring 
we really want to be excited somehow, some way, a little bit. And that's one of the things that I found has been really, really uh, key for me is to always be researching things for myself. And if you stuck around long enough, here's the real secret here that I talked about in Covert Reality, which was the second episode in this uh, series here, or whatever you want to call this podcast thread that I'm doing under the name of Equilibrium, was that I felt it was very important And I still feel that it's very important that people in general, for the most part, you know, where appropriate in something like this, you know, on a show or, you know, just even speaking to people for the most part, because it's just the way that I am. It's important that you don't really know whether or not I believe the things that I'm saying. It's not important. What's important are the ideas themselves and how they 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 inspire us to think to think bigger, to think broader, to think more, to use our own minds and imagination to fantasize rather than having to always seek external stimulus. Yeah, we take in the stuff from the outside for a while, but then we have to start to produce and create and converse and come up with ideas of our own. Instead of talking about other people and talking about stuff that happened, start creating your own ideas and sharing them with each other. And people can play games, conversational games, and build with each other. And one of the ways of doing that is by not ever even believing everything that anybody says or anything that you read anywhere, but also just accept everything as information and as a possibility. And sometimes there are things that that operate within you in what we call in, in the hypnosis industry as translogic. Something will make sense to you really quickly and you may not even know why. Just kind of, yeah, you have a, a mm-hmm moment. Really, yeah, yeah, I get that. And maybe you look into it deeper, and then yes, it does make sense. Or maybe it doesn't. But at the at the moment, the very short description, it did. And then you find out later. This is actually how a lot of bills and things get slipped past people in these uh, smaller um, elections and and uh, different things like that that voters should be taking place in. Is that you get translogic. Something seems to make sense to you at the time and that you agree with, but upon further inspection, it's not what it seems. And, I mean, that's how translogic works. And however much I would like to be some per- kind of person who, you know, in this world would, would be like some kind of guru who... T- everything that I say makes people's lives better and makes sunshines come out of their buttholes. It's just not like that. I'm a, I'm, I'm a big dummy. I'm just very curious and I'm, uh, what's the word? Uh, impulsive with my, especially with, with media and musical and artistic expression and things like this, which is fine because I, I'm not impulsive when it comes to physical things. You know, um, but general, very public things. This is just how I am. You know, I won't, I won't try to be something else. Uh, of course, you know, you have to be polite and there's certain things you can't do and there's children and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, you know, I can be the eccentric person that I have discovered that I am from other people who has a very dry and questionable sense of humor. Um, but, uh, 
But as much as I would like to just be this beacon of truth where everything that I say helps everybody in the world and, and, you know, stops the sun from exploding in 5 billion years, it's, I'm often wrong or just say really stupid stuff and don't know what I'm talking about, or I'm just fantasizing and get things mixed up and crossed over. And that's totally fine. Um, my whole point is to, to express ideas and just let everybody know who I am and what I'm thinking and what I'm into. And at the same time, I realized that I can be very hypnotic. And then when I trained how to be hypnotic, I stopped being hypnotic on purpose and then started being hypnotic again to see what was really going on with the type of allure that certain things that I was doing and specifically more precisely the things that I was saying and how I was saying them and realized that the whole idea of everything is to actually simply understand what hypnosis is so that you can decide what you allow to take further hold within your subconscious mind to direct your behavior or what you prevent from taking hold. So did I say that? So in one, you want to really just understand what hypnosis is because it's how we learn anything and come to believe anything which affects our behavior at all. So it's not about whether hypnosis is real or not. And it's not whether or not you can be hypnotized or not. Because almost everyone can unless they have some kind of brain damage or chemical, serious chemical imbalance or other thing like that that seriously prevents them from being hypnotized. But the whole idea of if you really understand what hypnosis is, which is that it's anything that attempts to or does change human behavior through the altering of belief systems. So if you can get someone to believe something and it changes their behavior because of that, that person's been hypnotized, technically, at least according to Capucinian hypnosis, where I earned my degree barely in clinical hypnosis, which the Hypnosis Motivation Institute has the distinction of being America's first nationally accredited college of hypnotherapy. They've been established since 1967, I believe, in business over 50 years. A nationally accredited, approved by the Department, United States Department of Education. You know, they even have that EDU designation. They offer an associate's degree program that just recently came out. Uh, doctors of all kinds, physicians, nurses, practitioners, people who need continuing education units can go and take courses at that school and, and satisfy their continuing education requirements in order to continue their certifications and licensures. I am not affiliated with the Hypnosis Motivation Institute in any way that pays me that I know of, unless they set something up without <clears throat> without telling me. So I know I might sound like a commercial for them, but I just really appreciate what I learned at that place and how enormous of an impact 
the education and the environment that that school provides has had on my life when I was living there in Tarzana, California, um, in 2004 through 2006, uh, when I uh, attended <clears throat> the courses there and obtained uh, a professional diploma in clinical hypnotherapy or something to that effect. I forget they call it. That's my little book. See, I'm not going to look into it right now. The whole point is, is that no matter how much I study and how much I want to to, to tell it all just like it is, I don't even give that benefit of the doubt to anything. And that's why I'm always researching everything and joyfully doing so because I research to the point where I find out things that some people would say are deeper points of knowledge and enrich us even more and would enrich us more and do enrich us more than if we had ignored looking further. And so it's important that you don't know and you should be on guard for whether I or anyone is telling you something that's straight up. You should do as much research as you possibly can to satisfy your understanding of something before you just straight out agree. It sounds like it's so simple and like, oh, duh, I know that, but why, why aren't people doing it? You might be one of them. I don't know if people call that critical thinking or what, but, you know, I, there's a lot of things that I, that I best not specifically speak on at certain times and certain strains of thought that I'm expressing. But what I can say, because of the fact that I have a piece of paper that says I graduated from a prestigious organization that, you know, has top marks, you know, I, I, I can say that my expertise is because I'm a master hypnotist that the things I'm talking about, about be this part, this specific, very particular part of behavioral science known as, as hypnosis, of which I'm a master hypnotist, you know, as long as I remain within that scope of practice, speaking about those things having to do with hypnosis, that are vocational and avocational, motivation and self-improvement based, Right? I got that. That's my that's my wheelhouse right there. And one of the things that gets a lot of people hypnotized is the simple fact that most ignore doing due diligence by researching for themselves the things that they read in one place, listen to or watch. Yeah, of course. Some things people can just let it be entertainment. I do that. It's okay to not. But there comes a point in time, eventually, or at least it has for me, where it's nearly impossible to do that. And it's not at some point of not being able to relax. It has nothing to do with that. It's just being so hungry for knowledge and just being so interested and just knowing a little bit more about something, just putting pieces together, it's like slowly lighting up something. And it fascinates me because no matter what mood I'm in, when I learn something new, it lifts me up just a little bit more. And <clears throat> it's something that, that's free. 
and simple and often even easy to simply write something down or remember something as much as you can, just one little piece of information <clears throat> or one little thing and do an internet search or an encyclopedia search. Man, those hardcover books, right? You remember those? The encyclopedias, the bookshelves. You get, does anybody listening remember what a bookshelf is? Have you ever seen one? Have you been ever been to a library? I'm not speaking condescendingly. I'm really asking. Think about that. Books are cool. I have a five foot by 10 foot storage unit that I acquired many years ago in also in Tarzana, California, where the Hypnosis Motivation Institute is specifically for my collection of books. That's my bragging rights. Yes, I am a nerd geek, you know, that's, that's my thing. I love it. That's fun to me. You know, you don't have to be that extreme, but, uh, always, man, there's something about, I don't know, that love of learning, that philology and doing it, you know, through language and understanding and, and discourse and rhetoric and, it brings out the best, I think, in, in all of us, or it has the po the potential to do so. Because, you know, you know, what's interesting is the comic book character Spider-Man and a line that has become famous in all of, uh, of, of, uh, of popular media is, with great power comes great responsibility. And, you know, that could be so true. Because as we've seen... There are very powerful villains. So just because you're powerful and just because you're smart and just because you're, you're good looking doesn't mean that you are doing well for yourself, for your family, for your friends, for your community or for the world. And me either. If I'm any of those things, if I'm, if I'm good looking, if I'm smart, if I'm uh, powerful, then unless I'm intentionally being, unless I'm intentionally taking responsibility to direct that power and all those other positive attributes towards doing better, then it's really not there unless I'm just having a bunch of lucky accidents. And that's how I want to go out when, when I'm gone. And, and and those of you who are left behind who have to dispose of my things. I want to go out like a legend to inspire people. Even if it's just a story that I leave and it's not really who I am. That's what I want people to believe. You know, <laughs> I, I'm remembering a comical thing that I heard um, about that, but I'm going to save that for another time. But it's kind of like, but also it's related to that whole thing in Batman. I can't, I can't remember. It's like something about he's not the the hero that they they want, but he's the hero they deserve, or something like that. <laughs> right? It's like so people, you know, that's what we what I think that we should aim for when we die is that people should see our stuff left over and the print that we left that we that we're so careful and aware in our lives, right? that we can leave behind a positive, uplifting story rather than the mess that we might have been. And I think that even just taking that practice of doing that actually changes us for the better. By being so meticulously careful about the details in your life to create a wonderful, 
inspiring story that you want to leave behind by actually just being that thoughtful. What actually ends up happening is that you become that amazing, outstanding, inspiring being that you are acting out because all the world's a stage and we are but players merely playing our parts. However, do we know, have we known, and has it been understood that we can choose the parts that we play?